And we're live! Hello! Thank you guys for joining us here. We're frozen. <laughs> Something's going on here. Seems like the internet is against us. The internet is against us, but I think we're back. All right. Hello. We're having some YouTube issues, but if you are watching us, hi. Welcome to Total Spot Fest. Uh, we know what we're doing. We are a professional wrestling podcast. We can get this going here. Uh, I'm JJ. That's Jamie. Austin at this point. Right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope you can see us. We don't know if chat's working or not. Somebody type something, say hello. YouTube's doing some stuff to us. If you're watching us on the replay, you're listening to us. These are the joys that happen when you go live. Sometimes, uh, you know, things, you know, kind of work. So we're going to roll with it anyway. Uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us. And Austin, Jamie, how the hell are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right, but as uh, tends to happen to people in the holiday season, I feel like I gained about ten pounds recently. Oh! Uh, so feeling a little bit heavier these days, crap. but looking a little bit shinier as oh. well. For for those of you that might not see this, because the internet is stealing my spotlight, <laughs> I have finally received the official pay per view picks championship title. And it will not be leaving my possession for at least two weeks. Am I gonna be am I gonna be a Roman Reigns champion, hold this thing forever? Maybe. Am I gonna be more of a Sasha Banks and drop it the next night? Stay tuned to find out. Mm. <laughs> I will say this the strap looks good on your shoulder, Austin. It's you're it's not the full first title you're I've not had in full some time. FWO. I know you're not. I know you're not. You're against. He's he's pulling. He's pulling a sting on you guys. So you you, you sure about that? You sure about that? Pretty sure about that. <laughs> Try well, to do something. Once again, we we apologize for any technical issues going on on YouTube. If if chat's not working, we definitely Actually, don't see us. anything. It's um, not us. So I do apologize. We're going to keep going, though. Uh, you definitely can join the conversation. Hit us up on Twitter at Total Spot Fest. Leave a comment down below if you can. Maybe the chat will start working. I don't know. But uh, we got quite a lot to get to here. So we're going to we're gonna warm everybody's souls. Man, it's, it got above 30 today. And I swear, I felt like going outside in shorts almost. <laughs> I did go outside in shorts today. After the negative twenty wind chill of the last few days, it was it was nice. Yeah, I saw a crazy stat, Jamie. It said that in Kansas City it was negative ten or below wind chill for eighty straight hours. It's cold as a witch's titty. That, that's, that's pretty damn cold. Now, the the worst part about the whole cold snap was Watching the Steelers-Bills game Monday afternoon, seeing a graphic <laughs> pop up saying it's 15 degrees and feels like negative four here, and me bringing up my weather app for Wichita, and it was like negative three feels like negative 15 here. It was colder in Wichita than it was in Buffalo in Where mid January. Where they got two feet of snow. <laughs> they got two yes, feet of snow. Still somehow colder here. Yeah. 
Go figure. I had, a, I had a talk today. Jamie knows what I'm talking about. He'll find this hilarious. I had a talk today with a coworker who lives in Memphis. And he was really complaining about the cold. And I'm go. you got, you, stop. You just, stop. <laughs> you don't get to complain. You guys get it once every like six years. And yeah, I know you're saying he's not equipped to it. You don't own a shovel, but still, stop. <laughs> uh, well, What'll warm your soul better than a little wrestling? Um, Denver was actually not as cold as Wichita in Kansas City, was it? Uh, no, it wasn't. It uh, it was all right Friday night for Lucha Libre and laughs. Because uh, the thing with, with Triple L is that the green room slash locker room is across a small parking lot from the back door of the theater. And it's about... 15, 20 feet. It's not a far walk, but when it is super cold and snowy outside and you're walking across that in trunks, it's not a good time. (laughs) Uh, But fortunately, it wasn't that bad. uh, So no one turned into a popsicle trying to go out to the ring. Uh, But inside the theater, uh, it was it was plenty warm and uh, people are bumping all over the place. Uh, Jamie, I did just see uh, you pop up in the chat. So maybe systems are fully operational again uh, i did it from my phone onto here so i'm hoping maybe it's us who can't chat we can't chat city. in our own live stream fantastic <laughs> so triple l was this past saturday uh oh yeah friday. Yeah. Friday. Friday, yeah friday friday i'm sorry it's they're usually Saturdays, the rare Friday show, right? Yeah, triple, um, so Triple L's normally Fridays. The one coming no, up in March is a Saturday, so it's the other way around. I, I days, day, day, days are hard, man. Yeah, <laughs> my my week every week that we that Jamie and I can attest to this every week that we've worked, this, you know, in the past like three months has felt like I don't know two and a half months. So I have no concept of time anymore. Okay. See, I'm the opposite. This is the first like full five day work week I'll have in sense about the holiday season. Because uh, you get a bunch of random Mondays off for holidays, and then I took a day off a week because I had the PTO. So I finally feel like I'm I'm on a normal work schedule, and now I'm tired. <laughs> had too much time off. Uh, <laughs> so Triple L though was this past Friday um, sold out show. Uh, lots of really good stuff going on there. I know there was, uh, um, the, the esteemed champion, uh, Heidi Howitzer, uh, defended her, defended her, her strop. Um, we had Lindsay Dorado versus Dak Draper. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of Jamie's bucket list guys, bucket list guys, and somebody that was very high up on my list as well. Jeff Cobb was there in live and living color. Um, solid show all around once again. Yeah, it was it was great. And Triple L is always great. That's why they've sold out so many shows in a row, because people know it's going to be a good time. Triple L is the only promotion I have ever seen that can advertise a surprise guest and it will sell out because people know whoever that they deliver will be 100 percent worth it. Uh, But yeah, Friday night was another great Triple L show. Uh, Royce Isaacs and Jeff Cobb was, if you are into New Japan strong style wrestling or just large meaty men tossing (laughs) each other around, 
Uh, that was an absolute banger. And uh, yeah, Dak Draper, uh, good old Sammy Six Guns taking on Lince Dorado. Uh, it's always fun to see a mountain of a man wrestle a lucha, and they certainly delivered on that front. That's awesome, dude. Like, yeah, like Jeff Cobb is somebody I've been dying to see in person. We got to see him at uh, um, AEW Dynamite once. He was there with. Uh, he was there when uh, the. When the okay, because the United Empire, sorry, the whole like undisputed kingdom and United Empire for some reason that just fucks with my brain. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, when 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 they kind of made their debut, and coincidentally when um um <clears throat> sorry, I'm, I, the chat's really fucking with me. I apologize, guys. I, uh, I'm right there with you. It's like I posted. <laughs> um, no, this. we were there when uh, Osprey made his uh, dine when he made his AWTV debut as well. But yeah, we saw him wrestle uh, on the main show and on. Uh, or was it no? It was did he wrestle on the main show and on Rampage or just Ramp? But it was it was the same. It was Rampage. Just Rampage. Rampage. Okay. Yeah, because he was he's with Great Ocon. You ever in Con like yeah. he was terrible. He was terrible. Yeah. Like he just yeah, the, their choke slammy thing was not there. It's, it's okay, you know. But he's good. I, I like him. Yeah, but. if you get an opportunity to see Jeff Cobb wrestle in person, by all means, go do that. It's well worth the ticket. That is a that's one of those must see kind of guys. Like a human being that large shouldn't be able to move like that, but he mm-hmm. does. And his damn Eye of the Storm finisher, like that's 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 oh, sick. Storm of the it's Islands, pretty. the Storm of the Islands, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it was just <laughs> gorgeous. Like I, I love the the twist into it. Like it's just yeah, yeah. His, his ability to just pop up to his feet and then hit a standing moonsault out of anywhere is it's like, ridiculous. It's like it's like old ROH TNA um, Samoa Joe. Yeah, very much. Well, but next uh, next Triple L show is coming up in March. There's a lot coming up in March, and uh, definitely go see Austin Reddick if you want to see him live. You have several chances. Uh, Triple L is one of those. Unfortunately, Jamie and I, our schedules are not going to allow us to make it that far out, uh, but we are making do because we're basically going to every other wrestling show we can in March, right? <laughs> so we're going, we're, we are going to be going, if you, if anybody's interested, anybody's out there on the 1st of March in the greater St. Louis area, we're going to GCW, God damn it! It's going to be fantastic. It's been way too long, Jamie, since we've been to a GCW show. Yeah, like the last one we went to was in Chicago. When yeah, way too. I weighed, long. I weighed like seventy pounds lighter, but you know, that's <laughs> right. You'll weigh the same pounds. You'll weigh the same when we go. Lighter. Actually, that's, that's two months. Maybe not that. Maybe not that much, but still close. Uh, no, it's going to be fantastic. First of March, GCW show. I'm. I have no idea. I don't think they announced any matches for it. I don't care. We're gonna, you're gonna see all the hits. You'll see Mance. You'll see uh, probably see, uh, SDL. Bussy, I'm sure, is going to be there in some sorts. You know, maybe get... even Thrussy. They're they're teasing the the reformation of Thrussy. Could be Thrussy. There could be a Cowboy Ussy as well. That's been rumored out there <laughs> with Mance. Lots of Ussies. <laughs> Lots of Ussies with, going uh, on. <clears throat> which GCW show coming up? Are they doing Cardona and Nemeth at? Because I uh, saw that got the, announced. That's, uh, what it was. The, that LA. is L.A. Uh, yeah, gotcha. LA show. 
Gotcha. That Oof. that seems like a real real fun indie match. Oh my god. Well, that's the great thing about GC. That's why I love GCW so much because everybody's like, there's the old assumption that it's just like ICW, like deathmatch bullshit, right? It's not. They have some death matches involved. That's a part of their identity. Yeah. But they, and and if you ever talk, if you ever hear Lardale talk, you know he his whole thing is collection of all types of wrestling, deathmatch, technical lucha, all sorts. Of, you know everything. He wants to have all sorts of stuff: women's matches, intergender. You know. He wants to give you the best of every variant, and that's what you get at a GCW show. So, well worth your time if anybody's going to have a chance. Um, our good friends at Fountain City Pro going to launch their first show on the 8th of March. Uh, lots of people have been announced for it. They only have one match right now. Uh, the main event is uh, Buns of Steel. <coughs> uh, <laughs> Well, we could definitely do polls, Jamie. Thank you for that. <laughs> hey, man, I'm trying to get the conversation going here. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, uh, so the uh, main event's going to be uh, Buns of Steel's uh, Fowler versus Camaro Jackson. Um, they've announced Heidi Howitzer's going to be there. I have a sneaking suspicion that one of the members of this dais might be there as well. We don't know for sure. There's not there's been no announcement on that, but hey, before, before like, you get like, further, before you get further, yes, yes, I will be there. <laughs> um, well, thank you for, for thank you for breaking the tension there, Jamie. I appreciate that. Hey, you know, um, uh, Gary J. I know has been announced. They recently announced uh, Stormy Renee and. I can't remember who her tag team partner is, but uh, oh, uh, Logan fun. Knight, Logan, yes, Logan Knight. Knight out of Oklahoma City. Thank you. I was, I, was like, I'm this guy I'm familiar with, not super familiar, but I'm familiar. We, we saw him at HCW. Yes, it, I, I I couldn't I couldn't remember the name. Like I said, I just saw briefly today that announcement. He was so. the one. I was like, dude, that guy can go. I got all excited about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, well, they're he's they're solid. a tag team, so we'll see what that entails. Already two more women than another local promotion puts on in a single show. Um, <laughs> what? Not, not naming names. I'm not saying. Names. But by process of elimination, you could probably figure it out. It's not hard to figure out. Um, very good. More details coming. Um, as I said, that's, that's still a little ways away. Tickets are actually available now. You can go to Fountain City Pro. Uh, you can follow them on. I have linked. We have a link down below in our description box. Uh, good friends of ours putting on the promotion. Uh, it's in the same spirit as NWL and Journey Pro trying to trying to bring that sort of vibe in a wrestling promotion. Of course, it's going to be different. It's not Journey Pro. We're not trying to say it's going to be Journey Pro, but trying to bring that same sort of vibe into a good promotion here in Kansas City. It is their first show. So, you know, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be some, some fun hiccups. I w I'd love to get a little behind the scenes if we can on it, but, um, it's going to be a great time. It's down in Olathe, Olathe, Kansas, for those of you local here. Um, definitely get some tickets, go check them out. It's a great time to spend a Friday evening. That's where we'll be for sure. So more details on that to come. Hell yeah. All right. Well, something that's not happening in March is the Royal Rumble, and I know that Austin has been learning us up a little bit because there's a lot of knowledge to be gained in 35-ish years of uh, a signature event. 
Jamie, do you think you should you could use a little bit more knowledge? You know, I could always use just a, a little dabble, maybe a little nook. You know, something that people just you know keep like, like a stash of knowledge. You, you're you're in luck. I just so happen to have a stash of knowledge on deck <laughs> for you. Yes, there have been about. 35-ish Royal Rumbles, and I am well over halfway through all of them. Uh, got through the 2007 Royal Rumble today, which okay. if we're if we're taking 1992 out of it, which is widely regarded as the greatest Rumble of all time, 2007 is probably the runner-up. Uh, that's the one where you get HBK, Taker, Orton, and Edge at the end. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> phenomenal Rumble. Second run HBK. Second run HBK. Yes. Second second run HBK, which is, I would say, probably the best in-ring version of HBK. Uh, Character-wise, obviously, I think that 93 run was just something else. Oh, yeah. But second second run HBK. uh, This might might be a little bit of a hot take uh, among the wrestling community. But for me, second run HBK puts HBK over Bret Hart. Ooh. Yeah, I would I would agree with that statement. Yeah, I think I think he uh, not only found Jesus during that time away, but he, he found uh, this thing called a soul. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times when people compare Sean and Bret, they only think like through when Sean retired the first time and Bret kind of wrapped up and forget about the better part of a decade when Sean came back and was having the best matches in the company. Uh, but yeah, this was, this was like 2007 ish was peak uh, second run HBK as well. But yeah, if you haven't seen it in a while, definitely go watch the 2007 rumble. Um, along the way there, you got to pass through the 2006 rumble, which is <laughs> Ray Mysterio entering second, not first. Triple H enters first. Mysterio comes in second, goes the whole way. I had completely forgotten that they buried the Rumble in the middle of the show that year. You have the Rumble, and then you have Edge and John Cena, and then you have Kurt Angle and Mark Henry in the main event. Uh, For some reason, I had completely forgot that they give Ray the big emotional win for Eddie, but then follow it up with a bunch of of other stuff. (laughs) Although, when it comes to main event matches that should not have come after the rumble. There is none worse than triple H versus Randy Orton. Uh, I believe was 2005. Uh, It is somehow worse than the WrestleMania main event that went after Shawn Michaels and taker (laughs) that no one gave a shit about. This is the most absolute slog of a wrestling match I have ever watched. It's about 12 minutes of triple H working Orton's leg and then about another eight minutes of Orton pretending he has a concussion until Triple H just kind of pedigrees him and pins him. Uh, an absolute dud of a way to close yeah. out the show. But that aside, those uh, those mid-2000s Royal Rumbles are all pretty solid and worth watching back if you have the time. Uh, but as much as I love uh, chatting about old wrestling... This week is kind of special because we have we have some modern wrestling to get into that we haven't talked about in some time. So I think we're going to close the stash a little bit early uh, because the once again TNA had a pay per view last weekend. 
They most definitely did. So it was the rebirth, the relaunch of total nonstop action. Um, the biggest gate they've had in, they said a decade, it was like eight, eight and a half years. But um, this past Saturday, Hard to Kill, pay-per-view, uh, I was not able to watch it live, unfortunately, but I did watch the replay later on that night. Um, I, I avoided everything. I avoid the internet like a, like it was the plague. Like no spoilers. I don't want any spoilers, right? Some of stuff I can. That was difficult. Out. That was it. Difficult. Was, it was it tough because there was a couple of really good Ooh. things there. Um, <clears throat> here's a spoiler for you for those of you who haven't watched it. It was freaking excellent. Very good. I have long sung the praises that Impact doesn't get the credit it deserves. It's not AEW. It's not WWE. It's not trying to be on you know i mean they like to be sure right everyone wants to be that big but it's not trying to be it knows who it is and they do a damn good job of putting out there what they are i loved it now i know austin you saw it okay i i did i watched the replay on sunday oh. uh i was not able to watch it live because i was wrestling in front of a slightly smaller crowd <laughs> um Slightly, yes, uh, by several orders of magnitude. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I enjoyed the pay-per-view. Uh, it it seemed like halfway through the show, it kicked into a second gear. Like you mm -hmm. started with some interesting stuff for the first half, and then you got all your really good matches in the back half. Uh, Kushida, Saban, and Vikingo was... Chef's kiss. All you could want out of a spot fest. And I loved it. I feel like TNA is is the place to have those spot fests. I mean, AEW as well, but like well, yeah. it fit in in the TNA style of wrestling that I, some of that have not watched TNA in, in several years. It it reminded me of when I did used to watch TNA as well. Uh, it, it was really yeah. core of their ethos because when they first were going on there, that's how they separated themselves from WWE at the time. It was a bunch of indie, flippy, spinny shit guys and lucha guys, right? They had a, they had an early partnership with AAA. They're the first ones to have a partnership with AAA in modern times, right? Modern times. I'm talking like post WCW, right? <clears throat> you know, because WWE after they won the Monday Night Wars, the ruthless aggression era is pretty much just on lockdown. PG era. Fuck everybody. This is the world of wrestling. TNA was the first like American mainstream bump to that, and they dug into that stuff so it's always been part of who they are that's why they did the six-sided ring i know you as a wrestler have thoughts about that uh <laughs> but you know the ultimate x and things like that so yeah the triple threat for the x division title right up my alley i loved every second of it yeah that was that was just a phenomenal match uh and then josh alexander and hammerstone completely oh, yeah. different style but an awesome match as well it's a match you should uh, watch, Jamie. That's that. Yeah. That's you should watch that match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I saw some highlights of it. It's like that that match was right in my alley. Oh yeah. yeah. Now, like while the show top to bottom was a very enjoyable couple hours of pro wrestling, I still feel like nothing really grabbed me to make me want to watch this regularly. Okay. Like it did interest me in watching future pay per views and like 
if I happen to see something on Twitter, something looks good. But like they didn't they didn't buy me into to like watching their weekly show, which I still might just to, to see it. But that's why I thought that's the one thing I felt was missing from that entire show. It was a good night of pro wrestling, but I it didn't seem uh, like they were making a lot of their roster look like stars if you didn't already know who they were from just being a TNA fan. And it outside of the the big reveal at the end of the night, there wasn't a lot that like really hooked you into continuing to watch Ford, which I feel is a bit of a bit of missed opportunity on their end. I, I, I get where you're coming from. I think that it's it's a fine balancing act because they didn't have that. Now in the past they've had, you know, big big reveals, big stuff like that to really try and get that hook in. This felt a lot more like we need to solidify our audience, right? They opened with an X Division match, <coughs> or excuse me, an Ultimate X match, which if you're not familiar with the concept, it's fantastic. There's there's a big, over the ring, there's four trusses, and there's like two ropes stringed across in an X fashion, and there's an actual X hanging from there. The X, you, you, you got to climb up, climb across the rope, grab the X, land. If you do, you get a title shot, right? That's the whole thing. Women's hold, hold on. Can I ask a question? Just yes. As as an outsider, would that technically be an X on a pole match? No, it's not it's on, on a pole. On it's a on pole. cables. It's on but cables. The cables are middles, on the pole, but the poles are holding it up. Well, there's a, there's trusses. They're not poles. They're trusses. But it's they're like kind of poles. But it, it is, is made it is of, not of physically of, on the pole. It's not. On a you got to be physically on the pole to be an on the pole yeah, match. That's not, that's not the pole match. <laughs> Is a is a ladder match a pole match? No, because it's dangling. It's not, it, is, no is it dangling pole. from it's a dangling pole? From a pole of some sort. There's got to be a pole uh, up there, there somewhere. There's there's no transitive property of the pole. It's either it's, on the pole or it's not. It's a take on a ladder match, not a something on the pole. Mr. But there's Troll. no ladder. There's no, there's no ladder. So the, no. therefore. Ergo, the trussing is kind of like a ladder. A the truss is a ladder. You have to climb up the truss, and then you have to climb across the rope to get to the X. I feel like I feel like trussing is more ladder than pole, even though it's a lot of thousand percent more ladder than pole. It's more pole than ladder. Go back and go go back under the bridge, troll. Um, <laughs> I'm just so saying a, your favorite match women's is a variation of so your is definitely not a variation. It's a variation of a ladder match more than anything. There's no ladder to be had. There's no There's pole trust, to be had it's, either. It's, it forms a ladder. Feast or fired is more of a, a, a variation of the on the pole match. I 100 agree with that. This is not. So anyway. They had uh, so Zaya Brookside and uh, I can't remember the other other lady there with two debuting uh, former NXT variant uh, talent. Uh, both have signed with TNA as well. A lot of fun, um, you know. Giselle Shaw won it. They had uh, a surprise. It wasn't announced ahead of on the card, but they had uh, the women's uh, knockout tag team match with a returning gimmick at least uh so rosemary and uh jessica coming back uh havoc i should say coming in as a decay again right so they got rid of the courtney rush and jessica gimmick to the actual decay gimmick uh there was a lot of fan service in the front half you had rhino coming back jake something came back right you know they were in a match but the back half is where the good where the good good was that triple threat what's, match. what's his name What's his name? Oh, you want me to say his name? 
What's his name? Uh, anything. Uh, you know, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just making sure. Uh, I'm sure did. I got that. Yeah. <laughs> Side note. We saw Jake something battle uh, Jeremy Wyatt in an almost hour-long match after we saw the uh, Gary J. Hoodie Hoodie Hallett fake retirement match, which was by far the wrong booking because he had all the emotion in the Hoodie Hallett retirement and then the swerve angle at the end of it. And there's another match here. It's going to go for an hour. It's like, God damn it. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. And Jake kept trying to cheer to get the crowd, but it just got Jamie's nerves. He kept going, what's my name? And he just goes, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Great I, I wrestling. Think, yeah. But yeah, bad, bad booking. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Bad. No, but anyway, so you had that. So but you had, you had so Josh Alexander, you had the Hammerstone. Um, women's women's uh, knockout, uh, the title match, Trinity, who is, of course, very obviously, has been very well wide reported going back to WWE. She did drop it to Jordan Grace, very well deserving. There was an appearance at ringside by one Miss Ashby Elegance, who they had to let everybody know is formerly Dana Brooke. <laughs> um, can Wait. we just call that gimmick stealing from Tony Storm? It depends. Okay. You gotta right give it, now, you gotta right give now, it. I want I want to call it full gimmick stealing, but it's it's borderline. It, it's close for sure. It's close for sure. It depends what direction she goes with it, uh, and if it is like a straight up movie star thing, or if it is they try and do something else. So like, it it has a temporary pass, but it could be revoked at any minute. Because it did look a lot very Tony Stormish, but either way. Good for Dana Brooke. I think I mentioned that we were talking about the releases a while back. Mm -hmm. I thought Dana Brooke and TNA would be great because people started to really get behind Dana Uh, Brooke at the end of her E run, Uh, and it's it's a good it's a good spot for her. So and and I was and I was hard bent, and Jamie knows this. I was hard bent that I thought she was going to go outside of wrestling. I thought she was going to go back to fitness. Yeah, same. But I mean, I it's also something where the, the TNA schedule, you are not really on the road much. It's not a huge time commitment. So it probably true. gets her a nice payday while also having plenty of time to do other shit. She's not going to go do a tour of the indies. No, no, but it does give her. Yeah, you're right. That is one of the benefits to TNA. I think definitely that some of these stars will definitely really enjoy. Um, your main event was the Alex Shelley versus Moose title match. Very good match. Very enjoyable. Um, Moose did get the victory. Won the belt. And then was the other big announcement. Nick Nemeth is officially in TNA. He's also in New Japan. Uh, But. All that one too. (laughs) I loved his New Japan way better. Just to be honest with you. I know you did. I know you did. But again, to Austin's point, that's the good thing about TNA. Mm-hmm. He can do them both. I mean, shit. Osprey was there the next night. I think Osprey and Okada were both there the next night. Yeah, I think Osprey fought Okada. I didn't yeah. see what happened the next night, but that sounds entirely possible. Well, it's gonna be on. It's gonna be on TV tomorrow. So, um. <laughs> but that wasn't the biggest uh, free agent or biggest showing ups that happened this past weekend. Oh no! Oh no! Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, showed up at New Japan 
strong. Um, and <laughs> ripped up his AEW contract. So he's officially New Japan. Ripped up his contract. I was I was waiting for him to show back up in AEW, but I think this is the absolute best thing for all parties involved. Agreed. Jungle Boy does have a decent amount of star power that should help New Japan strong in America. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coming from a bigger platform, and people enjoy like he he got to AEW in the first place for a reason. Like people like Jungle Boy. Uh, if you throw him, if you put him back on AEW TV, where does he really fit in without just kind of being an afterthought? And if he goes New Japan strong and ends up going on this crazy indie run where he's working with like this this top elite talent and then comes back to AEW, he's going to be super over or super hated. And either way, it's going to be great. I love the scapegoat armband. I like the tearing up the contract, uh, even though like clearly that's not how contracts work. But (laughs) it's pro wrestling. So like those are the kind of silly things you can buy into in pro wrestling. Uh, But yeah. And I think that's that's part of the partnership that does give them the the flexibility to do stuff like this. Like for example, Megan Bain, you know she's still on contract with AEW. I heard she's heading back soon. She yeah, she was finishing up a start. They literally, back to they literally like she's just, she did some darks. She did a few things, this and that, and they literally said, "We're going to send you over to Japan. You're going to wrestle in Stardom or New Japan's women's stuff." So they, yeah. So that's the good thing that they have. It gives him the ability to. And it, and it benefits both. It helps alleviate some of the pressure on the numbers of their roster. Like you said, what do you get, where do you put Jungle Boy, right? You can't get a storyline with everything else you got going on right now with Jungle Boy 2. I mean, come on. But to Jamie's point, this is a great opportunity for Jungle Boy to really establish that character. So, Yeah, I, I wish they would send Sky Blue over to Japan as well. And Anna J. Anna J. We'll talk about it, but like seriously, you've got some of this. You've got some of these these younger women that you signed with little experience that you want to invest in. Send them to work with the Joshi's for a year, and they'll come back a million times better. Because Joshi's are the technically best, uh, like in ring work best of like all pro wrestlers. It is mind blowing how good they are and how much better they would get by going over there and working with the Joshis for a year. <sighs> I mean, Regardless, I, 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 I'm, I was an old TNA stan. I really enjoyed this episode. I think, Austin, you're definitely right. I think that if nothing else, pay-per-views are definitely worth it for TNA, for sure, right? Yeah. It was a good, enjoyable <laughs> night of wrestling. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and catch as much as I can. I, I did sign up for their like YouTube premium thing. It's like a buck a month, right? And I can watch... Every di- every impact, which is what their weekly show originally was called, and is called again. Uh, I can watch Impact every week on YouTube. You know, I don't have to like because I don't have access on my you know the TV program. So, um, but I- I'll-, I'll catch as much as I can. Um, it was it's good wrestling. It's that's that's a good thing. Good wrestling. They they have lots of they 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 have a good balance, right? So there's a bit of technical, lots of flippy spinny shit, lucha. Good. They have a really deep women's, a lot of focus on women's wrestling as well, which I think is great uh, mm-hmm. for promotion because it's not. And I, don't take it as wrong, anybody's there, but it's not like the top top tier women's wrestling in the world, right? 
but it doesn't have to be. You're giving a lot of people that stage to be seen that they wouldn't get elsewhere. Jordan Grace, if you put her in WWE, she might get a, a three-week push, right? And she's a three-time champion, well-deservedly three-time champion, right? So. so really quick before we move on from TNA, while, while we're talking about the women's division as well, uh, specifically during Ultimate X, but the entire night night as well. Uh, on the one hand, I didn't see anyone in Ultimate X where I wanted them to win watching the show. Um, so there's like some some character work needs to be done. Sure. But as a whole, the entire TNA's women's division just moving around the ring and looking more natural and just looking better the best of the the major american women's promotions like i did not see a single time where someone looked a little out of place or looked a little jumble or something i was just blown away by how good like technically sound their entire women's division is you know you know who are the two main women behind the scenes who helped direct a lot of this stuff who's gail that? kim and gail kim and tracy brooks oh well there you go that makes sense but yeah i i <laughs> I really appreciated that I didn't see anyone that they just kind of threw out there because they were young and kind of attractive and like, oh, they'll at least get over. Like, no. Right. Everyone was technically solid in that entire division. Absolutely. Yeah. Last time they did that, her name was Lacey Von Erich and it did not work so good. <laughs> and they, it seems like they kind of figured it out with the signing XWE names as well. They're going for the underappreciated ones, which yeah. that'll get people to watch. The people that wanted to see Dolph Ziggler succeed and never really got to see that in the E, they get to go see him be TNA champ more like more or less than likely here in a few months or so. In a few months, most definitely. You know, Dana Brooke. And then you got other Zaya Brookside, right? She never really broke through big, you know. She had a good decent run over in NXT UK when that was still a thing, you know. But she's from a good wrestling family and Yeah. Who's give her who's a shot that again? Who's your dad? I can't. Something Brookside. Oh, Robbie Brookside? Robbie Brookside. Yeah, Robbie. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. So here, here's a fun question. Does does PCO count as an underappreciated WWE talent? No. Since he, he was no. He was there briefly as a pirate in the mid-90s? No. No. <laughs> oh, that's right. And then he ended up kissing his sister. Well, he was he was no, 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 no. That's a different pirate. That was Paul Burchard. <laughs> oh, that was Paul that was in the two thousands. Oh, no, uh, PCO was one half of the Quebecers, and then he came back as Quebec in '95 as John Pierre Lafitte, the pirate, and he stole Bret Hart's ring jacket. <laughs> they had like a three week feud about it, and then he just disappeared. No, I am not counting PCO as an unappreciated WWE talent. No, <laughs> he's, he's old. He is old, man. But he says the Frankenstein gimmick, though, which is, I mean. That entrance was awesome. Yeah, there's some. Yeah, he he doesn't move like he used to. They put him in a six man because of that, right? You know, but it's still, it's it's still good fun, and there's good shots. I almost completely forgot that Vladimir Kozlov was there for some reason. <laughs> I, I don't know why that was. Really. <laughs> That's what you will get in TNA for sure. Just like the fuck was that? You know, out of nowhere. So, um, I highly recommend though. Yes, definitely on pay per views. Check out TNA. So, um, you guys want to talk about AEW though? Some let's 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 talk some AEW. Normal current. All right. Well, we had dynamite. Uh, yeah. And honestly, guys, there was a couple matches I did not know that I wanted to watch, mm -hmm. and they may or may not have over delivered. 
That's probably <laughs> the best way I could put it. Okay. There was one match that under-delivered, but afterwards made it all better. Um, at least in my humble, not-so-humble opinion. Um, <laughs> humble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm known to be humble. <laughs> uh, so, like, the very first match of the night, guys. Like, I, I did not know I wanted to watch this. I knew it was going to be a good match because you had two solid veterans going in there, right? But honestly, they blew the house down. Like, it was insane. This is, I'm not, even, I don't care. My match of the night. Oh, this wow. one was so damn good. Top I'm, to bottom. Can we just give flowers to Dustin Rhodes? I feel like we forget Absolutely. how good of a talent this man. I mean, Absolutely. I'm a wrestling person this man is i jamie i can't disagree with you but i'm still confused by your statement that you weren't looking forward to this match when it was announced (laughs) because what is there not to get excited about christian and dustin rhodes in their 50s tearing it down to open up dynamite like anything because even going back to last pay-per-view and when rhodes filled in with swerve it was phenomenal everything christian's done has been phenomenal I this was the match I was most looking forward to, and as you said, it it delivered then over delivered. This was phenomenal. So, by statement of I wasn't looking forward to it is because I already know, and we all know that wrestling's predetermined and all that good stuff. But it is more of a matter. I knew that there's no way in hell Dustin was going to win, and there's going to oh, be some kind of high high jinks that were going to happen. Then we got all of that. I mean, we also got Nick Wayne getting clearly killed by a amazing Canadian destroyer. Uh, but I was not looking forward to the inevitable, you know, like the agent Smith in me, I guess like that sell that Canadian destroyer. First of all, can I take a side note here for a second, guys? Can we appreciate? Cause I know that we were critical a little bit worried, concerned, critical. Let's put it, We were concerned the beginning of the Nick Wayne, what you're what you're doing with Nick Wayne, right? But my God, are they doing the right stuff with him? The sell of that Canadian Destroyer popped me so damn hard. And yes, to your point, Austin, let him be the understudy, get his ass beat for a year or two here, right? You know, get his chops. They are doing the right things. Kudos. Yeah, and he. He already looks like a little bit more of an adult than he did when he debuted six mm-hmm. months ago, wherever it was. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really that's really the biggest thing you're waiting on is for him to just not look like a kid anymore. <laughs> um, right. Because like it, it's a fun it's fun at the beginning. Um, like, oh, yeah, he's super young. And like, it's, it's kind of cool. It's a novelty and all that. But it wears off pretty quick. Uh, and so stash him with Christian so he can just kind of grow in the business, learn from a vet and just grow more as a human being until he inevitably turns face and beats up Christian is the best thing they ever could have booked for him. Hopefully it ain't coming for some time. 18 months. Give me 18 months and then make it happen. I'll make you a man. (laughs) But so excellent match top to bottom. I, I loved how he hit the spear, then he hit the unprettier. Yes, I'm going to call it an unprettier. It's an unprettier. That's what it is. It's an unprettier. This kill switch stuff was a TNA thing. It's an unprettier forever. 
So let's go chronologically because yeah, there's there's some good stuff in here. So swerves. So what you guys think of Swerve's promo? Um, I have eyes everywhere. My eyes are laser focused on this. My eyes, of course, are looking over at uh, Hangman. And then, in addition, we'll just go ahead and hammer the the Hanger one here too. Of how Hanger's like, I don't think about him at all. I just think about you know winning the title, like the opposite. Again. you'll get you'll get my same answer every time you ask the same question jamie AEW's rock versus stone cold i mean perfect love it did you guys notice like the was that makeup around his eyes he had like the black double black eye looks where he's been doing that for a little while i like i like the subtleness of it right you know kind of i'm the heel see look at me you know I dig yeah. the subtleness of it. So Swerve's promo was a textbook pro wrestling heel promo. Mm-hmm. It's it was it was perfect. The way he spent a good minute and a half singing Hangman's praises, saying if God himself came down and challenged someone to beat him, <laughs> Hangman might be able to do it, and then following it up with, but I beat him twice was just phenomenal it, so it was peak peak promo i will say uh while this does very much seem like uh AEW's version of rock and austin i would also throw out uh largely because hanger is now rocking the stash which i enjoy i could also throw out this is AEW's magnum ta versus tully blanchard and if you Ooh. watch enough old wrestling like i do they had a very long blood feud over the nwa television championship um, that nice. was very similar to kind of what's going on with, with hangman and swerve aside from, uh, you know, no one got hung in that or hanged <laughs> if we're speaking the proper English. Um, but yeah, this, if you're enjoying what you're seeing of swerve and hanger, get on the peacock machine and sometime go back through the, the mid to late eighties and catch some of the, the Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard feud. I mean, we're talking like full, like, like, like hangman right now, full on stash. I mean, just beautiful it's, stash, stashy stash, stashness. No one, cool. no one has rocked the, the power stash and long hair in pro wrestling in so long in like a serious way where it wasn't just a silly part of their gimmick. It's glorious. Yeah. It, it, it's special. <laughs> it makes Jamie weep every week. I mean, I can't grow one to save my effing life. <laughs> um, oh, and, and just just so everybody's aware, battle for the belts happened, and no belts changed hands. What? Uh, I watched a couple surprising. of those matches. Um, the uh, I will say this: the Anna J. Uh, Julia match better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but yeah. again, yeah, it was just meh. nobody, nobody. You get, you have to change a belt sometime, or you gotta stop calling it Battle for the Belts. I feel like Battle of the Belts is one of the few consistent misses AEW has had. Like yeah. they just get it wrong every time. It almost seems like TNT reaches out is like, "Hey, we need a third hour this Saturday," and they're like, "Fine, we'll throw some matches on after Collision," instead of. 
ever treating Battle of the Belts like something worth tuning into. I would I would love if that hour had two or three dope title matches that I could fire up Sunday morning when I'm not doing anything and catch while I'm watching coffee, but it's it's always tacked after collision and it's never better than collision. And when it was tacked after rampage, it wasn't even better than rampage. <laughs> and that's a very low bar. I know. You know why? I say that. It was never time for the main event. I don't I don't catch rampage uh, that often, but I do appreciate it. It reminds me of like late stage WCW Thunder, where it was just a weird, Ooh, yeah. just whoever they had available, they throw them out there and it. You really don't need to keep up with it because nothing important happens, but it's it's kind of fun to watch every once in a while. I will say yeah. that because this week's Rampage includes matches of, uh, um, oh, who's the other workhorseman besides J.D. Drake? Um, Anthony. Um, uh, Anthony Henry. Anthony Henry. Anthony, Anthony Henry versus Penta. Okay. Nice. <laughs> you got yes. It. Uh, Chris Jericho had a promo next, and, so you, and it was challenged by uh, Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel. Yeah. Make an appearance uh, against Chris Jericho for some reason. I mean, I'm, I'm excited random. to see Matt Seidel, yeah. but this this promo was so weird and out of place. Like, it's gotten to the point where even if you only give Jericho 90 seconds of TV, it still makes you cringe. It's like, it's this made no sense. Obviously, no sense obviously, doing they're doing some sort of continuation of the the angle with the Don Callis family because. Chris Jericho has to stay in front of the camera. I don't know. Just take some time off, man. Like, yeah. Go on a Fozzie tour and come back with something interesting to do. I mean, you got your Jericho cruise next month. Take two, take a couple months after that. Go home and be with yeah. your wife. See if she's going to join the next insurrection. I don't know. That was low. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I'm a Jericho-holic for for life, and I want to take him out to pasture. It's time. It's it's time. Time. It's time, guys. You know what? It's also time for. It's time Flip for the main. No, it's not time for the main. Yeah. No, it's time for some flippy, spinny shit and Orange Cassidy. Um. Uh, <laughs> So it was supposed to be the best friends going up against the Lucha Bros, but still Chuck and Ray are dealing with their injuries. So you got Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta going up against Penta and Commander. And uh, we did have a couple Commander spots, uh, <laughs> you know, where he, he took a good strong 30 seconds before he actually made the move. Hey, you got uh, to make brother. sure you... Okay, but you don't get hurt on it. You got to develop that. You know, you got to I know. really, really quick, though, just for anyone that might be watching or listening that has never like watched actual Lucha. That's that's just what they do that's in Lucha. You could take Lucha. You could take a nap in the middle of setting up at a spot. And as long as you did enough flips afterwards, everyone would lose their shit. So it's it's one of those things that kind of carries over. It looks a little bit weird mixed with American style, but that's. That's just Lucha, man. I think I think a lot of Americans got spoiled with Lucha Underground, and that was very heavily produced, guys. FYI, because and just oh, with Rey Mysterio as well, because Rey was the greatest to ever adapt to the American style. Well, and you, you see, watch Rey for so long, yeah. and you don't realize how different that is from like true Lucha. And the, yeah. the, and you and you get like a lot of like El Hijo de Vikingo and and Rey Phoenix who aren't human. They're just literally yeah. not human. And you don't see like like Psycho Clown, who does all the same stuff, but he does it 
at very lucha fashion, right? Someone watching El Hilo del Vikingo and then goes watches a, a, a Psycho Clown match and thinks they're going to be the exact same, you're going to be sorely mistaken, but you're also missing the beauty that is Psycho Clown. I mean, yeah, this is a man that almost had a riot of 50,000 people in the arena and probably the rest of the city the night that he almost had his mask ripped off at uh, uh, at Triple. I mean, Lucha is just a little bit of a difference in that, you know, it is. Oh, yeah. It it, and it, you know, and I'm not discounting it for me. The styles that I like. It is not my cup of tea. I do I respect you. it. I hear you. I still, I mean, I still love my, my, my Lucha bros, you know, my, my Lucha brethren, you know, I respect it. It's kind of like with me and the Beatles. I'm not a huge Beatles fan, but I respect what they did for music. <laughs> you know, same thing. Dare I say, maybe how I feel about Lord of the Rings. His wife's not here. You don't have to keep, you don't yeah, have to keep she's, that. She's in the other room. She can't hear you. <laughs> I know. I know. Just getting a quick quick beef between us right here. Let's just try to throw that little jab shot. out there. I love this match. I thought this match was fun. I Oh, it was great. I, I loved it too. But how about side note here? Uh how about all the tag team going on tonight? Yeah. It was that uh, we'll we'll get to the uh, the other one later as well, but yeah, it was it was nice to see some some tag team wrestling tag featured on TV. All over the place. And Trent is piling up the wins. Like he's getting a lot of the pins and everything lately. So looks like Trent is gonna get himself a, a little little baby push for himself. You're not gonna win a title, because that's a, that's kind of his thing. <laughs> I mean him and Ruby Soho. Hey Ruby. She's gonna win a title one day. Yeah. We'll 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 see if we can we can wrangle her onto the show to make picks and the wall sandbag them just so she can win the title sitting next to me and be a, be a champion of some sort. I would totally be strap. Okay, I know you would. <laughs> You're a mark above marks for that one. Hey, uh, such is life. So Trent and Orange get the dub, but right after the Undisputed Kingdom, the U the UK, if you will, uh come out. Um so you had Matt Taven, I am Matt Taven, you had Bennett, and of course you had Mr. Roderick Strong. Roderick uh is not known for his mic skills, and it was full on in display tonight i'm sorry okay i liked it i liked it but he repeated himself because he 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 uh he forgot his lines he 100 percent forgot what he was supposed to say so he had to repeat himself but you're not wrong there but he did do good in generating that heat oh yeah so orange he doesn't need the mic skills because they got Adam Cole in the group, but he's doing a good job of maintaining that heat, and he's actually getting a decent amount of heat. For, it's, not, it's not Don Callis level, right? You know, oh, no, 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 no. But they're, yeah. he's maintaining a good amount of heat. I'm happy for that because I feel like Roderick gets gets knocked down and pushed a little too often because he's got shit mic skills. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely doing like the best character work of his career right now. Uh, I'm sure him and Orange Cassidy at Revolution will be phenomenal. Revolution in general seems like it's shaping up to be a pretty dope pay-per-view. This match could steal the night, though, for real. This, uh, But the way they set this up was a bit weird to me, where 
Raleigh's like, I want a shot at that title. And Orange Cassidy's like, cool, let's do it right now. And he's like, no, we're going to do it at Revolution. Like, why would Orange Cassidy just be like, nah, if we could do it now or I'm just going home. It was, it like, it seemed, and especially because with Orange yeah. Cassidy's character and the way he doesn't really react to things, it it seemed a bit weird. Um, but either way, it set up a match that's going to be phenomenal. So doesn't really matter. Well, and if you remember too, Orange has done the oh, I know what you're getting at. Fine, fine. Yeah. We'll have a match. He could have just done that, you know, not necessarily right now, but he yeah. could have done it, you know. I agree. I agree. My, but they're actually starting to put some complaint. matches on the card, so that's good. Still fine. Yeah, it's it's shaping up. Well, I guess we'll we do a rundown once we've gone through the rest of the night, but yeah, there's they're building early because we're still a good six weeks out. That's about yeah. what they did yeah. for. Um, well, no, they had they had pay per view every month for the past four months. So yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, that's probably it. It's been it's been a while since we had this long to wait between pay per views, so we for, we forgot. Right. right. So we we are now, gentlemen, at the tear jerking part of this mm-hmm. show. Oh yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, like watching the video thing uh, that got me a little. Oh, bit. I cried, like, man. Man, like, and then he pulls out the his, his Jay's kids and his daughter who's walking. And I cried again. <laughs> yeah, so mm. you know, obviously today, ladies and gentlemen, is the one year anniversary of the passing of Jay Briscoe, and they had Mark come out and 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 talk to everybody, and you know, it was difficult. It was difficult for him. Uh, it was definitely difficult for everybody there. There's people bawling in, in the, uh, <laughs> um, you know, audience there. And then they did that video package. I'm like, you MFers, you know, yeah. cause that, that got the emotions going for me personally. And then the, the piece that got me the most, you know, obviously, uh, as a father of four daughters, I usually throw that out. It seems like every show, Yeah. but just Jay dancing know, with his daughter. Jay dancing with his daughters and they're not going to have that anymore. And then at the very end too, when talking about how the one daughter was never going to be able to walk again from that accident and she comes walking out, actually walking. And it's like, Jesus, man, like that's, it's Jesus. You know, like that's, uh, you know, that's what they say. God is King. Oh, oh. it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a very good how they did it. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't, dwell on it and put it on your face they made it very respectful for all the briscoes and very well done yeah i i like that they didn't try and like milk it or drag it out it was the perfect length it was a nice great tribute to jay you got the family out there you got the promo package and they didn't dwell too long on something that is a lot heavier than you normally get in a pro wrestling show yeah but uh yeah, it's wild that it's already been a year. It's crazy. It just feels like yesterday. Yeah, it's, it's insane. I mean, last year we did our year in show and you know, just a little just let's get a little over a year. And we were debating which of the brisk which of the Briscoe's FTR matches was the match of the year. Because <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. That's that's life, man. Hug your loved ones, ladies and gentlemen. Unless did you're yeah, unless you're a sparmy brother who decides to go by their full name. Yeah, so obviously <laughs> we got the um, 
spy versus spy versions of the Young Bucks here. And we have Matthew and Nicholas Jackson. And they, I, I don't know how I felt about this. Okay. Well, this whole thing, I mean, this was uh, 485 digs at CM Punk. We know this, right? You know, they're, they're taking things more serious. And this is this big hypo, hypothetical train with Renee. A, heal Young Bucks. Yes, please. Thank you. That's always, that's always the better Young Bucks. Yep. You yeah. know? Um, so they're going like super heel and they're doing this whole thing. Um, did they go a little over the top? Well, that's kind of the young bucks in general, right? So I don't mind this. It's yeah, it's, it's a different look for them. It's a different little kind of, you know, twist on the gimmick, but they're going like they always do. They take something in, in real world, in reality, tweak it a little bit, amplify it. I mean, they are the epitome of your best. Your best um, gimmick is yourself amplified, right? That's who they are. So I'm, I'm, I like it. It's different. Yeah, I'm not one that historically really gives much of a shit about the Bucks. Like they're great. They just do nothing for me for the most part. But them as shitty heels is them at their best. Uh, mm-hmm. I. I like that they they gave us a, a reason why they want to fight Sting. Hey, we started AEW to be different, to be an alternative. You're not that. You're Sting. You're you're an icon of this business, and we're trying to be different. Uh, the digs and stuff like that. Like, why wouldn't you expect that from the Bucks? It, like, it fits. <laughs> it's in character. Hundred percent. Um, and they've they've been such a polarizing team for so long because even before AEW, if you are a a reasonably well watched fan of pro wrestling, you had an opinion about the Bucks one way or the other. Oh, you're yeah. either a Bucks fan or you're like fuck those flippy guys. Uh, <laughs> they've always been polarizing, so why not just keep playing into that? I I thought it was good. Like I said, I don't normally care too much for the Bucks, but I'm glad they're in that last match with Sting and Darby. They're gonna. They're going to give Sting his best match in AEW. Yeah. And they even put him over, too. Yeah. Well, that, that they're good at that. They are good at putting over. That's the one thing you will say about the Bucks. Like, if you're talking about Sting's last match, I am a little sad, <clears throat> just from a personal level, that Sting's last wrestling match is going to be a tag team match. That's just how it's got to be. It's I understand it's that's the, that that that's cor- yeah. you're correct on all those levels. I know why. Personally, though, I just I would like to see Sting so versus would, one, would one, you, one someone. Okay, so let one me ask you this: would, would you rather get Sting in this tag that will probably get a decent amount of time and be an actual fun match, or get a or Sting minute, in a singles match? Don't die match. That no, would either be a squash or like eight minutes of him just lying on the ground taking heat. I I understand. You, you, you know the answer. I'd rather get more time with him. But I'm just saying, for someone, you know, we grew up with Sting. You know, we all grew up with Sting here, and that's just why it's just it's selfish. But it's like I kind of want to see that one more, right? You want to see that one more. But so in that same vein, though, going going back to Jamie's comments earlier about Dustin and and Christian Cage and how 
you know there's no way in hell Dustin's going to win. That is true. But another part of the reason why I was looking forward to the match is how many marquee TV matchups do you think we get with Dustin Rhodes going forward? Like, That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to see him. I want to see him go while he still can. Cause yeah. he ain't that close to like that far from the end right. of his, of, of his in-ring career. Hopefully he retires healthy and all that kind of well, stuff. He's, but, he's already transitioned. He already does a ton. Yeah. Like he's actually doing a lot of like training and like a lot of backstage stuff with the women's division in there. Yeah. You know, so, so Abaddon trains at a school. Yep. In yeah. Austin. yeah. They moved to Austin to train with him and he's, he trains a lot of people down there. Yeah. He, he trains a lot of the women you see on TV actually. <laughs> but, yep. Yeah, a singer singles match in theory would be nice. Unfortunately, in execution, it would probably leave us with I know. I a sour know. memory of the stinger. Yeah, Jamie point. had a great point last week that the Bucks are the people to put you out on, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. People remember that forever. Speaking of remembering forever, arguably my favorite faction in AEW, the Bang Bang Gang. With new entrance music, by the way, um, it that they went up against. I'm sorry, the mobile <laughs> embassy, Brian Cage, Bishop Khan, and uh, Toa uh, to- uh, to- Leona. Jeez, Jamie. Wow. Uh, for the ROH six man tag team. Jamie is so focused on this entrance music. You guys have no idea. <laughs> I love it. It fits them so well. It does. Like, I'm it's so excited. Good. It's not it's like, like I like it. It's not the classic Bullet bit. Club either, too, right? Because they're yeah. not the Bullet Club. They're Bullet Club Gold. They're different, right? Little. I like yeah. their music. I do think it seems just a little too generic for them. Like it's it's good. It's good pro wrestling entrance music. I understand, and it, I understand it does that, fit them to a degree. But I just. I want something a little bit more extravagant for the Bang Bang Gang. Like, if you're going to have Juice Robinson in your crew, you need something kind of wild to walk out to. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd be cool if they got many men as every time they go in. That'd be perfect. But evidently, that's really too. expensive. That's really expensive. But it was, uh, it was, it was wild seeing uh, somewhat babyface Bullet Club Gold. I this know, match. right? Somewhat baby face. The the crowd treated them like they were baby face the entire time. They were so over it hurt every single <laughs> one of them. And with the help of their scissor brethren, they were able to win. And our new ROA six man tag champs, the Bang Bang Gang. Hey, gold officially on Jay White's belt waist. I believe somebody here. As says that there was gold coming for his waist. It might have been a different belt, but still, I'm giving you credit, Austin. You called gold, this gold just the same. Uh, funny enough, oh, uh, some somewhat like the TNT Championship at the beginning of the night, where there was no way in hell that Christian was losing. I thought there was no way in hell <laughs> the Bullet no Club Gold was losing this match. Same, which is a bit unfortunate because uh, me and the wife were, were chatting about this during the show. On paper, Gates of Agony and Brian Cage should be super rad and like one of the cooler parts of TV. They have been henchmen for so long, you can't take them seriously, even though they look like they could beat the shit out of most of the roster. I mean, and it it's unfortunate. 
I mean, Ian, Ian Riccoboni was trying to sell you the for the first five minutes of the match about uh, Khan, about how long he's been a, a ROH you know, six-man tag champion with several iterations. He, like, literally trying to sell you on how yeah. good of, you know, and... And it, you're just like, okay, bro, but I... But, the, I, but their swerves hit to Hitman, yeah. I, the, 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 the moment that sealed it for me was leading up to uh, All Out, I think, when they did the, the tag team match... And Brian Cage was standing on the stage right next to Swerve, and Darby and Sting were like, "Who's your partner going to be?" With the guy standing next to him, uh, and he's like, "Ar Fox," <laughs> or whatever it was. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that that just killed Brian Cage for me. Like, yeah. But I mean, th- this match was fun, and I I like Babyface Bang Bang Gang for a little while. I think yeah. it gives them something fun to do. It keeps him over with the crowd, and you have as the soon inevitable. As you, some, you get the inevitable yeah. six-man tag versus six-man tag unification fight. Yeah, down the road, and let him let him ride this popularity and and being a little bit of a babyface for a while. And as soon as you've got some some faces, you want to feed them with long terms. Turn right back into heels. Oh, Jimmy, I, they have to they have to sell Bang Bang Scissor Gang T-shirts. Oh, absolutely, yes, they do, and I'll probably <laughs> buy one as long as it looks cool. Um, um I'm starting to see Jay White as like AEW's version of Eddie Guerrero. Like, Ooh, good yeah, call. Good call. You can like him even when he's being a total piece of shit. Uh, right. And you would never trust him. Like, he's not a trustable. Like, there's nothing about his character on no. screen that you should no. like, but you do anyways. And I think they've Excellent. they could do so many fun things with him and the rest of this roster. That's a very good astute. And, and he never puts on a bad match. Very yeah. astute. Very and the the I I I bring it up every once in a while, but just the the guns have gotten so genuinely good oh, at this shit. So good, yeah. They I'm they know guy. they know wrestling, man. They they got it. I, well, we'll get to it when we get to a match later on. But they were, you know, like I say, there's a foundation. I said it before. Foundation of young, young tag teams in AEW. Guns, the acclaimed, even though they're kind of in a trios thing right now. And then a couple guys we're gonna talk about it a little bit. But the guns have definitely risen into that picture. They weren't originally, but they're definitely yeah. there. So, Austin. <laughs> when you have somebody who is pretty great, and you have somebody who is in- known for being incredibly amazing at technical wrestling, is that a good could could that be successful if say this person the green person is not exactly known for being technical yes yes it can i'm actually glad you brought that up because this is another thing i was i was talking to the wife with during this match the the thing with the super technical style of wrestling and we saw a bit of that when serena deeb was just squashing job ladies for a while as long as the green person relaxes and just rolls with whatever they're being put into, it can work because the person doing the technical wrestling, as we'll talk about here in just a second, is what you're leading oh, we're into. We're already there. Talk about it. Let's go. If, if, if they are of the ilk of a Deanna Perrazzo and that good at technical wrestling, they can just drag the other person's carcass through it as long as they just lighten up and go with it. And I thought largely that was the case tonight. I thought so too. So I'm glad you saw it because there's a couple times where I literally saw 
uh, Gianna setting up a move for Anna. Like she's yep. doing a technical move. But boom! Oh no! I'm I'm being pinned. I'm being pinned. It's like <laughs> yeah. yeah. And all it takes is you got to give just a little bit of a resistance so you don't just crumble and collapse, but then just just roll with wherever they're taking you, and they will yep. put you wherever you need to be. Let them do the work. <laughs> and can, can we also appreciate the fact that when Tony's on, she was talking about Diana, how she didn't really know her. Oh, Donna um, Palazzo? Donna Palazzo, thank you. But also, I do want to say this on the record because Diana's gotten a lot of flack from the worst of worst internet fucking yeah. trolls. Yeah. Fuck you, internet. Right here, buddy. Um, you know, seriously, like she is a a goddess of wrestling. She's amazing. Every woman looks different. Every man looks different. Who gives a shit? If they can wrestle and they bring you joy in watching some amazing wrestling, fucking watch it. If you don't like it, change the motherfucking channel. Like, <laughs> goddamn. Like, this is supposed to be fun, people. There's a, a woman who I have never, never heard anybody say anything negative about her outside of the ring, right? To a, to a man, to a woman, every person that has ever talked about her has said that she is like the biggest sweetheart, the, big, the kindest soul they've ever met. She's a fantastic wrestler, a great coach, a great coworker. She's a fantastic, she's got a fantastic wife, you know? I mean, you know, uh, I'm surprised Steve did just buckle down and blow up on the internet. <laughs> I am generally surprised he didn't lose his shit. I mean, he, yeah, he, I... Oh. I was say I considered uh, having having this public service announcement as the stash of knowledge tonight, but I figured we'd we'd get into it in due course yeah. anyway. Uh, but yeah, if if you are getting on the internet and you feel the need to comment on a, I would say a woman's, but really any human's appearance, unless it's something that is super like off the wall and, and clearly made for you to attend. Like if they've got a six foot green Mohawk, like they, they want you to look at that outside of that. If you were going to comment on someone's appearance on the internet, just don't, it's never helpful. It's never constructive. Also, if you look at Deanna Perrazzo and you think she is fat, you clearly do not hang out around women because that is, <laughs> that is a woman sized woman. They come in all sizes and like, all, all perfectly great and beautiful and all that. But like, do you not see women in your life? Like, that's just, that's, that's what people, and she is phenomenal at pro wrestling as She's well. She's a better athlete I, uh, most of these people talking at her online. I had <laughs> not seen uh, much of Deanna Perrazzo. Just, I didn't watch a lot of oh. Impact, hadn't saw her much on the indies. Um, but just phenomenal, technically solid in ring, which I mentioned Serena Deeb a minute ago. It is kind of interesting that they've been teasing Serena coming back, although she's probably going to Ring of Honor. Um, but that would be fun. Like, we don't get a lot of, like, super technical women's matches. Uh, but Deanna is just super solid in the ring and probably one of the better – I think she'll end up being one of the better uh, women's pickups AEW has made. I think so. I think they're doing it in the right way, too. So – on Saturday, she had uh, Red Velvet, and then tonight she had Anna Jay, right? And the Red Velvet match was very much similar to this, right? It was very leading along the way. These, and it, 
to your point, Jamie, you've long harped on this about the greenness of these women just don't keep putting them up against each other, right? Even though, as I said, I didn't feel that the Anna J. Julia Hart match was I thought it was I thought it was much better than I was expecting, right? But you need someone to guide you along there, right? We talked about TNA a little bit ago, right? And who remember I said who does a lot of their stuff backstage, you know, guiding the women's division? Gail Kim, Tracy Brooks, right? You need you need those people who are actually there doing it and having somebody like Deanna to help these women as you're doing it. A, it gives you a good buildup for her so you're not just immediately thrusting her up against Tony Storm and saying, boom, I want to challenge you. Let's go right now, right? Letting her build it up, but you're also helping improve the women. I thought it was I thought this was one of the best nights for Anna J there could have been in a while, is what my thought was, you know? Getting this type of match and TV time with her is good for her as a whole. Yeah, I really appreciate that AEW, when they have someone new come in, they don't immediately do the, but can they make it here? Like every time <laughs> WWE got someone, it's all about can they can they handle with the hang with the WWE superstars? No, they treat Deanna Perrazzo like the world-class wrestler that she is. And Anna Jay, uh, again, just this Saturday on Battle of the Belts, or so I'm told because I didn't watch it, <laughs> challenged for the TBS title. Anna Jay, a week ago on Dynamite, got the finish in the big four-on-four women's match and got the Brody pop and all that. And Deanna pretty much just tore her apart. Like, they let her come in as a de- big deal. They don't try and over explain why you should care it's just that's a damn good pro wrestler that's now part of this roster watch her beat up some other pro wrestlers it was but, great dynamite introduction for diana but how about after the match jamie have you ever seen a promo from a top of uh, another person's shoulders before yes this is the second time tony has done this <laughs> and every time tony does it's absolutely a treasure so Deanna's like, oh, you've changed. You've changed. We used to know each other back in the day, but I've changed too. And then Tony's like, don't bring up my past. My past is of no concern to you. <laughs> it was so great. It was just like, all you need to know is chin up, tits out, and beware of the shoe. Or watch out for the shoe. Watch for the shoe. And, and then Mar- Mariah May just chucks it at her. <laughs> Which and then Mariah and her go back and forth. Very Which I think they were supposed to cut the commercial, but they were like, keep it here for another minute. This is actually pretty yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> it, it seemed like a little awkward at the end. And I think because it was supposed to cut and they kept it rolling. I'm they, so they, glad. Now, luckily, they got away. It was fine. But it was like Deanna was coming out, but they weren't ending the segment. Like she was about to get out of the ring. They weren't in the segment. Uh, m- the absolute line of the night from Tony Storm was, huh, Italian from New Jersey. Sounds mob affiliated. <laughs> I uh, I liked when she she thought Ian Riccoboni was Tony Schiavone or Tony Schiavone. She was petting him at one point. She, she was, was feeding just like him macaroons at one point. <laughs> uh, she was feeding him macaroons on. Uh, oh my god! And Luther, kudos to Luther, who's a guy who doesn't get enough credit. There were some missteps character wise we did when Luther first came in a few different iterations, but. Good for Luther for getting uh, getting some getting some good screen time and yeah I I'm here's here's a weird statement that like six months ago I would have thought there was no way would be a true statement 
Rhea Ripley is the second best Australian women's wrestler in the world Ooh. right now. Ooh. Cody Storm is probably the most entertaining thing in all of pro wrestling right now. Maybe wrong. maybe Christian gets a nod as well if you want a 1A, 1B situation. But mm. Tony, Tony Storm is must-see TV, <laughs> and thank God they are keeping her on there every week. Yeah, she I is mean, a treasure. Uh, smart. Put her on commentary every time. Do it. Yes. Do it. She's, Do it. she's so good. And the way this character has continued to evolve as well, she just keeps getting crazier. Oh, like, my favorite thing is the, after the shoes were thrown and Deanna started coming out, Luther was just walking around, around the other side, and she's just staring at her, pointing at her, just riding the shoulders. Like, is this the funniest shit? Like, she is a national treasure. It oh, should be committed to the bit. Thousand, uh, I love it. It's great. So good. Everybody so should good. be committed to the bit. Like, her commitment level is amazing. Speaking to commit to the bit, there was a high-flying show, and there was two guys who are a private party, uh, and it was their first official match back on Dynamite together, going up against Top Flight, and this was Flippy Spinny Goodness. Yes, it was. I enjoyed it. It was not my match that night, but I sure shit. Really I think this match. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give my criticisms out of the way first. And they're not really criticisms, just more observations. This okay. is Mark Quinn's first match back, and he definitely looked like it. Yeah. It's been, what, 14 months since he's wrestled on TV? So um, there was some of that. That being said, private party as private party and a healthy top flight makes JJ a very happy boy. I mean... Let's talk about foundation for the future of tag team division. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, I kind of like the last few weeks of dynamite. They've only announced about four matches and you've gotten a couple surprises as well, which I think is a good balance for the show. Um, just the fact alone that there was a tag team match between two actual tag teams that aren't involved in any like current storyline or title picture was great. That's that's the pro wrestling aspect of your pro wrestling show. Yeah. You should have some of your wrestlers wrestling each other just because you got to get some wins to get some success. Uh, and yeah, like you're saying, it's a good foundation for the tag division going forward. Like they they have a deep division with a lot of teams. And yeah, it was. I've never been a huge fan of of private party. I don't dislike them for any reason. They just always seemed a little too close to the street profits for me. Um, okay, but. They're still entertaining to watch. Like they put on good matches and you need, you need a deep tag team division to really like tell good stories within the division. So you don't have the same teams wrestling each other mm-hmm. over and over again. I'm looking at you, Alpha Academy and Viking Raiders. I don't even watch, <laughs> I don't even watch WWE and I still know they've been wrestling each other endlessly for like six months. Uh, yeah. But yeah. It's, it's great to see just more depth to that tag team division with actual tag teams. And you look more. at that, you, you and yeah, the Flippy Spanish shit, you're right, but but in a different manner, right? Top flight, you got the young athlete guys, right? You know, this, you know, the high flyers and all this stuff. Whereas private parties got that, but then they got a lot of the street profits kind of esque to them, right? So they got they got a different kind of arc story with them, right? 
claimed, we all know what the claimed is, right? You know, it's just, and then <clears throat> when you, when you factor in, um, the guns, you know, it's just, the guns have that different edge, more classic tag team, but yeah, I just, they're all along the same breaths, but there's different enough to make it very interesting. And you can just do a, you know, shuffleboard of them as many times as you want and get good matches across the board. And as I said, yeah, I'm happy to see it. I'm, I'm so happy that everyone in this match is back healthy and hope to God, all four of them stay that way. Cause yes, both of these teams have had serious setbacks with their progression due to some pretty serious injuries. So they are made out of eggshells, like both teams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both teams. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get to the uh, spot where a grown man beats a shit out of a boy. Um, <laughs> Wait, how the... did you gloss over? How did you gloss over the Wardlow promo? Oh, there's War a Wardlow promo. Oh, I'm sorry. There was a War Daddy promo. Sorry, Adam Cole promo about War Daddy, <laughs> about how he could be the most destructive force in all of AEW and. It could be the greatest thing that's ever happened. It's like hey, I I I specifically wanted to mention this only because I have a a casual optimism for Wardlow with Adam Cole as a mouthpiece. Um, But I also kind of hope that in the in the long run, when Wardlow eventually turns face and beats up the Undisputed Era for just toying with them. Either either A, we get a uh, Bobby Heenan Red Rooster situation where down the line they see some footage, some previous footage of Adam Cole being like, I could make any dipshit a star. Someone get me Wardlow. <laughs> uh, or B, I would like to see Adam Cole and Wardlow basically recreate the Adam Cole and MJF mar- uh, arc where Adam Cole becomes best friends with Wardlow and then just turns on him as well. <laughs> What if they do see Finger Poke of Doom? What if they do D? <laughs> and they do the evolution. He wins it up on uh, one of like Matt Taven's shoulders. Or like, eh. Oh. <laughs> that would be the best. Yeah, except that would... That would uh include Wardlow winning the AW championship and that that shouldn't happening. <laughs> he might. He I think know. it will happen. However brief he holds it for, which is why I'm going hey. for finger poke of doom option. The, the only way I could see them doing that is if they did, uh, some kind of cash in gimmick, but even then, um, as we will, we will get to shortly. You Let's have three very viable championship contenders, uh, and you also have Will Osprey coming in before too long. I don't know how you. I honestly don't know if Adam Cole ends up with the AW Championship. Like that, that title picture is pretty jammed up for the foreseeable future. Yeah, like the Samoa Joe man, like. He's got some suitors. He's got yeah. some serious suitors. Talk before and, we get the suitors. Can we talk about how Samoa Joe beat up a man's child in front of him on live TV? <laughs> yeah. What's Taz gonna do about it? Yeah. Taz was like, 
He Taz was cool with most of it till the very end. But the <laughs> the way they did it though, like gave Taz a little bit of an out. If we if we're gonna jump to the end, like Hook was literally asking for it. Yeah. So I kind of understand Taz being like, "Hey, if you're gonna piss off the Samoan, you gotta take that ass beat." And that seems like something Taz as a dad yeah, would that do. Seems something Taz would do. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you, uh, Jimmy knows this, Austin. I don't know if you know this or not, but one of my favorite moves in all of wrestling history is Samoa Joe's Uranagi, specifically his surprise Uranagi in the corner. I love oh, the ST Joe. Yeah, uh, nowhere. Boom! He did that. The first time I saw him do that was against AJ Styles back when it was like undefeated X Division first come into uh, TNA. <clears throat> before he did that to most. I saw it for the first time I saw him do it was against uh, AJ Styles. I go, what the fuck was that? That was amazing because he's out of nowhere. But his Uranagi is fantastic. This is one of the most brutal Uranagis I've seen in a while from Joe, though, onto the corner of the announce table. <laughs> Oh yeah, Ooh. Hook's got to learn to jump because he yes. totally sandbagged Joe on that, and that yes, did not he end did. well. He almost for him. broke his neck in, the, in doing so. <laughs> and like that's that was kind of the the thing I noticed the most throughout this match, which I enjoyed this match. I thought it was I did too. as as good as you were going to get out of the story you were telling building into this. Um, but then it left me watching the whole time thinking, man, this match would be so much better if Hook was better. Which he wasn't bad, um, but I don't think he did like particularly well holding up his end of the match. He looked a little like wirely, wiry and loose when he mm-hmm. was getting a little bit of offense in. Uh, it like the limitations Hook has as a wrestler were were evident, but I don't think it took away from him just going out there and, and taking a solid ass beating and making Joe look like a monster. And they they made Hook look legit along the way. He they just did. He needs to get better at pro wrestling to capitalize on that. Do you think this is a bit, this match as a whole, what happened before, after the whole thing, Jamie, do you think this benefits hook? Uh, yes, I actually do. I think even though he got the absolute shit kicked out of him, she should, he got, and then he got the extra muscle buster at the end, just for, for gigs, just for <laughs> gigs. Uh, yeah, no, I think if anything, it puts him into a, a bigger light than what he was. Um, I think Jade Cargillish, you know, that level. Which okay. I don't know if you guys saw Triple H did talk about Jade not too long ago. It's like, well, she needs a little work. <laughs> yeah, That's I think that was five or three, though. I think that was a couple months ago. Yeah. He's like, You're well, not wrong, Triple H. <laughs> we've been saying it for months. Well, I think a lot of us, all three of us had some variation, have had the same critique about Hook at some point in time, right? Yeah, he looks good. Chicks dig him. Cool, right? Substance, right? You, you don't give him, you know, yeah, 29 one record, but you don't really give him, you know, this stuff. Get him beat up a little bit helps him, you know, but also I think can give him some direction. I didn't feel like this was a bad loss for him as a character the way they were doing it. I hope they don't just roll with this and immediately turn him back into, you know, unbeatable FTW fuck everybody champion, you know. If you're going to make uh, this, yeah. if you're if you're committing to make this guy a star, which let's be honest, right now you got a lot of commitment for a lot of stars at the same time. <laughs> but if you're committed to making this guy a big star, right? 
give this some depth. Let this be a catalyst for some good storytelling for him, not just the Taz's son who doesn't say anything and eats potato chips and does the same move his dad did. Just saying. Yeah, because I like one, as you're saying, this is not a bad loss character wise for Hook. Losing to the world champion is never bad for you. Uh and especially losing to Samoa Joe is never bad bad for you. But they've they've got to kind of make a decision with Hook. Cause this very well could be the peak of what you're gonna get out of Hook. Um I think this is as far as you can run with him without the his just in-ring work needing to get better to to tell more stories down the road. Yeah. Uh, like I said, he did he, he did okay. He didn't take away from the match at all, but he just wasn't capable of capitalizing on on the stuff he was he should have been. Uh, but I mean, he's definitely not a lost cause. He's super over, and that's something you you really can't teach a lot of the time. Oh yeah, I would like to see I would like to see Hook go to Ring of Honor after this. Let's we, okay. we kind of peaked him for what we've done so far. Let's send him over there and get some more experience and, and get a little bit cleaner in the ring and then bring him back in as as a bit more of a big deal later on. Did either of you get on Twitter for, uh, r- uh, around the time of this match or shortly after? I did not. No. So there was a tweet because I did briefly. Um, I get on Twitter to see if I could find a better uh, screenshot than the one I took for my thumbnail. Uh, <laughs> so I do a real quick, th- real quick deep dive on Twitter to see if everybody's got a better photo. Okay. So a little, little behind the curtain for all y'all, y'all listening and watching. Uh, but there was a tweet there from CJ Perry on our, uh, in, in her living room, uh, you know, taking with her computer out. Says, but. Mm, Potential new client, question mark, and it's got Hook on the screen, the, the Hook match. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good for him. I'm like... What you're saying is Hook's getting squashed by Miro in here in a couple weeks. Yeah. No, no, Which no. Is, no. She, she turned and she's she, with she, Miro again. Kind of-ish. <laughs> I, like, I haven't seen Collision since the pay-per-view. Oh, she fully back with Miro now? I thought they yeah. were... Okay. No, they, because she helped him beat Andrade. Right, but then he was confused by that and wasn't sure how to yeah. take it and left, you know. Yeah. Honestly, Regardless, Hook and though, Miro as a tag team is something I would be here for. I think it's a good way to go. I think it's a good person to learn from. I think you do this angle much like, and it's not dissimilar, even though it's a little bit dissimilar, but it's not too dissimilar from Nick Wayne, right? Yeah. Put him under the right wing. The whole Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen thing, cool. Yeah, Hook, I get it, right? That's not going to help Hook become who you want him to be in a yeah. year, two years, five years. Miro and CJ Perry, yes, that will get him to where you want him to be. Yeah, that would that would be awesome. I mean, it's kind of like putting Julia Hart with the House of Black. Exactly. Like, so much sense. Start putting as much of your younger talent as you can with more experienced wrestlers, especially because – as, as we've talked about a few times over the last month or two, the times where AEW starts to feel a bit like the Attitude Era. In the Attitude Era, everyone was running around with a crew of some sort. Like, <laughs> start, start putting these people together a little bit and getting getting them some some more experience. But yeah, I think Hook, Hook with Miro and CJ would be awesome. So, a light tease that was thrown out there that I, I grabbed onto and I thought, that's a good idea. So Yeah, that'd be rad. 
Yes, please. And if he was friends with Miro, uh, someone would have run out to help him uh, while he was getting beat up after the match several times and asking for it. I mean, someone eventually kind of did. did come out and help him, though. Sort of. That-ish. Sort of. So it was kind of weird how they did it. Because, like, I get why Hangman would want to go confront Samoa Joe, but it, it... it kind of seemed like he was saving Hook, but also kind of not, because Hook literally kept getting up, like, come in and give me some more. Uh, it, it was a bit weird, but it doesn't really matter, because they are clearly setting up a tremendous triple threat match for Revolution. I mean, it's... And it will fuck. <laughs> On there. all levels. All levels. All right, Mark Stradamus is early prediction time, because I think we're all we're all on board that this is obvious triple threat time right yep who wins that match not holding you to this for your final pick but early 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 way too early predictions do you think they're going to keep it on joe or move it off of him into one of these guys this soon i think they keep it on joe and a triple threat's the perfect excuse to be able to do that i think joe wins because Page and Strickland can't like one of them's gonna say they cost each other the match. They can't quit them each other. <laughs> yeah, I can't quit you. Definitely that moment, you know, and then allow somebody else to like mess with Joe for a little bit while they do that, and then it'll come back to one of them going one on one with them for the win and for the belt. And they lose it to Osprey at all in. So, yeah, that's what's real interesting about this. And it's, I could see it going any of the three ways, which is awesome. It's, it's a luxury it, it seems we like throughout for the, a while. Yeah, it seems like throughout the entire MJF run, you kind of knew how those matches were ending. This one, not only could it go any way, but they would all be acceptable choices. Like, there's, there's no wrong move in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, but... If we're if we're taking Osprey winning the title at all in as a given, I think him beating Swerve for it makes the most sense. And I think if you're gonna go there, you want to put it on Swerve sooner rather than later. Samoa Joe out of his history in AEW, and if you want to rope in WWE as well, it it really doesn't make me think he's going to be anything but a transitional champion. And Joe oh, no. is a phenomenal transitional champion. Like he is always credible to be your champion, but he's a guy you put on the belt, the belt on for someone to take it relatively soon. Like Joe, Joe has never really been like the guy since he left TNA maybe. Um, yeah. But he's, he's the guy that makes the guy. Like that's, which is a great spot to be in. I'm not saying that take anything from Joe. He's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, that's why I think he probably loses it at Revolution because I think I don't think Joe needs the, the title. I think he's a good a good way to move it on. But Joe's is believable with or without it. The problem you run into is Hanger's whole thing has been I'm refocused. I'm not only going to win the title. I'm going to hang on to it. But also, Swerve's got to get that belt because Swerve is the hottest act you have pretty much in the company right now. Yeah. If I had a pick now, I'd go Swerve, but... I will say this, too, though. 
you both are giving the belt to a guy who still hasn't officially debuted as an official roster member. I know. Yeah. That makes sense. All in Crown Osprey in front of his home crowd. But you're also, that's a lot of assumptions for something that's, uh, I don't know yet, right? Because you know they've got plans for Hanger and for Swerve at some point to kind of go through this. Wardlow slash Adam Cole are definitely in this conversation at some point in time coming up this year. Okay? Mm-hmm. And we are assuming that Osprey fits right in on the top of the bill. He should. Yes. We don't know yet. We also don't know when is he actually debuting. Is it going to be right after Revolution? Is it? I think he said when he came out at uh, Full Gear or whatever it was that like he wanted February. To finish his New Japan stuff, but yeah. he didn't. He didn't give any sort of definitive timeline, and neither is Tony. So, so the the reason why I I work under the assumption that Osprey is winning the title at All In is. Outside of injury or something like that, that you just can't predict. If he doesn't, AEW's fucking up. There's some things that are just layups. Um, I hear you. Like, <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. Cody should have beat Roman last year. That was a layup they missed, which they tend to do sometimes. That's why I'm assuming Osprey's winning it at all in because it just, it's too good of a thing to pass on. I don't disagree with you at all. But once again, I'm just saying. That is taking the assumption that they're going to have him in and the storyline in play. Because this storyline's deep already, right? That's the thing. Yeah. The storyline around this bell is deep already. We don't know when or if MJF's coming back. If he's if MJF has surgery, we might not see him until next year anyway, right? You know, we don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of moving pieces here. I'm just saying. Well, Osprey, Osprey's uh, contract officially expires in February. Officially in February, so we could probably see it maybe at Revolution. That'd be a good place to insert him. Who knows? That would be great, and I think it's more likely than not he wrestles at Revolution. Who does he wrestle at Revolution? And I'm not saying that like there's no one for him to wrestle. I'm saying if we're just speculating right now, who would you like to see Osprey face, Osprey face at Revolution? <laughs> Well, he did get pissed off at Don Callis and everybody uh, just recently. I think maybe him and Takeshita would be a good match. That's what I would be thinking as well. And he's a face. Yep. That that makes sense. Face Osprey. I mean, he's not going to be part of the Don Callis family. He's already already broken that tie. That's, That's right, bruv. Well, you've got you've got nothing else. If you're not going to immediately insert him into the picture, that's a good place to put him. Because who is on the Don Cal's family? Kyle Fletcher, his homie. His homie. You could also plus because we've we've been uh, a little light on the Blackpool Combat Club uh, recently. They've they've largely been in Japan. Hmm. Uh, you could do Osprey and Mox at Revolution. Is why not? You know, <laughs> why not? Is that that is, <laughs> that's a perfect why not? I mean, Mox is uh, that guy. Just throw him in. Why not? Jeez, yeah. I was thinking Osprey and and Claudio. You know, would make more sense card wise. You know, 
But hey, if you want to blow your load early, sure. Just give us, yeah, do, do his Osprey well, So bomb. if you look sure. at it, uh, uh, unless they start adding more pay-per-views, which is a possibility, you've got uh, Revolution, and then you have all... Uh, well, you have uh, no, double uh, or nothing. Double or nothing. Double, double or nothing. Double or nothing. Then so you, you have. Really... Uh, well, then you have uh, um, forbidden door. door. So you really only have a, a handful of pay per view matches before you get to all in. Anyway, why not have Osprey beat some of your heaviest hitters, leading to that that title win? Unless you do another pay per view somewhere in there. My guess is we might get one more. Maybe not every month, but we might get one more in the mix there somewhere. I think March to June is a long, a long haul without throwing one in there. I think you'll have, you know, late April, early May, something like that, right? You know, I think you might yeah. get one in there somewhere. I support that. Okay. Well, we're starting to get a card together. Revolutions uh, about six weeks away, give or take. Uh, Royal Rumble is about ten right days away. <laughs> that will be our next challenge for that bright shiny belt that Austin now has in his physical possession. So, um, there you go. Look at that thing, so beautiful. That's going to look great when you mail it to me here at the end of the month. I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so good. So, I'm 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 not planning on being a Samoa Joe champion. Okay, okay, okay. It's going to be great when I win this thing back. That being said, I didn't plan on losing most of the other pay-per-views, but it just kind of happened that way. So we'll see what happens at the Rumble. No, we don't have plans anything. Well, the good thing is we're going in something that we don't watch. Like, we watch a lot more AEW than we do WWE. So this will be very interesting to yes. see which direction we're going to go with this year. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to come down to a tiebreaker because we're probably going to have a lot of duplication is my guess. That's just an early guess. Who knows? That's, that's why we got to throw in the final four for each Rumble. That adds right some variability. So we get we we got we got we got some some interesting scoring we're gonna do with it here. It should be very it'd be a fun contest. So if you want to see that, hit subscribe down below. You know, like this video also while you're down there will help. Uh, but we'll be back every we're back next week. Sa every, same time next week, like every week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, see what we're trucking along with. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you giving us some of your time. Jamie, take us home, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not down total spot fest, I got three words for you. Weeks in a row. Dem boys forever. Rest in peace, Jay. See you guys next week. Peace.